0: Our podcast is intended for mature audiences. We will be using adult language and listener discretion is advised. We'd like to remind everyone that we don't have all the answers. Our discussions are opportunities for us to understand the world around us with the information that we have. That means we may say things that are inaccurate, false, or possibly offensive.
1: Let's take a moment... And have a moment of silence for those kids at OSU. Um, uh, Somebody drove a vehicle. A young man deliberately ran students with a car on the campus of Ohio State University and then jumped out to stab them on Monday morning, setting off a campus-wide lockdown and a massive active shooter alert. Uh, The man was quickly shot dead by a campus officer nearby. So, that happened on the 29th, I believe. Yeah, about a, about a week ago.
2: So, do you know the motivation of it?
1: Well, according to what I saw on the media, um, he was a disgruntled Muslim. Yeah, he, he, was, he was a
3: Somali a refugee.
1: Somali refugee, right.
2: Wait, the victim was?
1: The, no, the, the, stab- the, the person, stab- person okay. that did
2: Assignment. the attack. Okay. Yeah, essentially so. what
0: they're saying is that he was a Somali refugee that had come, that had immigrated here a few years ago. He went to community college initially and then he transferred to Ohio State recently and had only been enrolled there for maybe a semester. And um, I don't know if he claimed to be a part of ISIS or not before the attack but he, um, like Garan said, he was disgruntled and he was upset with um, he had, you know, classic radical um, radical terror um, type of rhetoric that he used. Like, he was disgruntled, he was upset, the fact that, you know
1: Muslims were being treated badly correct. here in the Middle East, etc. Cetera, et cetera.
0: And, he, and he doesn't represent any segment of the, yeah. the Muslim population at mm-hmm. all. And um, it, this is something that he felt personally and was not um, he doesn't obviously. speak for an Correct. entire people. Correct. So, But we should take, like Garden said, a moment of silence for those folks that were affected by the, the situation.
4: Hello, Hello everybody. <laughs>
0: it's been a long time. Man, we're
1: well, one week into December, and it's cold... And fuck that shit. It's terrible. It's gonna be raining all day tomorrow. I am not looking
2: forward to it at it's, all. It's better than snow. Marginally. Marginally.
1: I like rain, but like not coldness. I feel so like if it's, it's, like it's like raining in the winter ti- in the warm summertime when it's warm, it's
0: good.
3: I feel like if it's gonna be cold enough for it to snow, it might as well just freaking snow, man. Exactly. Yeah, That's What I'm saying. What was the most fun thing you guys did when the snow day?
1: Wouldn't you tell me, Asif? I know you lived in a very suburban area when you were growing up.
0: Yeah, so a lot of what I did when it was snowing outside was just, um, just walking, going around the neighborhood. We sometimes we would ha- we had this one hill, um, where we would go to, and it's like actually right behind where my school was. So we would just slide around there. Sometimes we would uh, bring the soccer ball, and we would just like you know, shoot around the soccer goals and uh, slide around. It's actually really fun. Um, We had this crew that like consistently played soccer back in the day when I was with, uh, back in the day when I was growing up and going through middle school, we would always play and it was, it was so much fun because like we would even play when it's raining and that's that's the best part when it's raining and you're playing soccer because then like we would score the goal and then we would literally just slide like halfway into the, into the um, corner. (laughs) It was so awesome. I remember this one time where it was like, it had been raining for at least like three days. And the field was disgusting. But those were the best times to play because, like, you'd come back and you'd just be like, I don't really give a shit, you know? You're just, like, it's raining. You guys are just, like, you know, messing around, shooting the ball, like, dribbling it. Yeah, it was really fun. And it was, like, warm outside, so it's, like, 80 degrees, 85 degrees. Uh, It was, like, perfect in the summer rain. Gotta love it. One of the things I remember in India when it rained in the... We would go to India and... When was the last time you went to India? It's been a minute, dude. It's been, like... At least eight years, wow. maybe 10. Um, and so, like, we would go to India and it would be in the summer back in the day, at least when I was growing up. And we would wait for summer rains, were the best in India because you just get on the rooftop and it's like a flat, season, yeah, it's a flat, yeah, it's a flat rooftop, right? So you just get out there and like you just like play around in, in the summer rain on the rooftop. So, the Daba, yeah, Daba, yeah, man, it was awesome. I remember one
1: time. In Herndon it snowed like four feet. Y'all remember when that happened? I think we were I was in fifth or sixth grade. I remember. In middle school. Adam was I don't I know Adam and I were in mil, in elementary school. This was in like two thousand two or two thousand three. And the reason I remember this is because I remember climbing on my roof and trying to do a flip because I had just seen um Brock Lesnar versus Kurt Angle, and he fucking did a shooting star press. And for those of you that don't understand what that is, it's... Most of us. I'm right. Sorry. So a shooting star press is when you're on the top turnbuckle, which is one of the corners of the ring. You climb all the way to the top, and you do a front flip. Shit. Right. And you land on your stomach. So Brock Lesnar does this and lands on his neck. That's why you are a big-ass
3: <laughs> human being no,
0: trying to do this. But shit. the thing
1: is, if you... There's videos of him doing it, and it's terrifying. Like, he lands it perfect. And it's like, there's this 325-pound
0: monstrosity flipping through the air and landing on you. Oh, you're talking about... So he doesn't... He... Look, like Brock Lesnar doesn't <laughs> land on his neck... The guy, like, he lands on the other guy's neck. No, no, Not no. Not like...
1: In this one, he landed on his neck. Oh, like, he okay, flipped, okay, okay, And he just didn't complete the rotation, so he landed on his neck. Oh, okay, like, mind, He mind. basically okay. ate shit. It was great. So I climbed over my roof, because I'm a fucking genius-ass sixth grader. Smart and it was easy dude. for me to climb, because I climbed on the fence, and then, like, from the fence to the roof, it wasn't too much higher up. And I told my brother, I was like, yo, let's just put a bunch of snow right here. He's like, Okay. And I fucking jump like I don't flip or anything.
2: I just jump, and I just like belly flop, just like, boom. Oh man. Was it soft snow? Did you fall in or? What yeah,
1: I happen? fall in. I fell in, but it was cool. It was like one of the best experiences. It didn't hurt. There was no injuries. Everything was per- perfectly safe. Oh, that's good. It was awesome. <laughs> I was like, holy shit! This is the greatest thing ever. <laughs> And then my dad comes around. He's like, what the fuck are you guys doing? If you guys die out here, I'm leaving your asses in the cold. It's a great <laughs> yes. way to preserve a body.
4: <laughs> and then y'all wonder. And my brother was like,
1: <laughs> man, I wanted to do that. And then my dad walks around the corner and keeps shoveling the driveway because I think that's what he was doing at the time. some And we were not. And so my <laughs> brother climbs on the fence and my dad comes back. And my brother, out of like sheer panic, just falls backwards behind the fence. And I don't think my dad saw him that he was on top of the fence. Because he just fell backwards. And all you see is, like, it's so cartoonish. Like, a poof of snow just go up into the air and just, like, disperse. And I, like, call out to him. He's like, hey, that was pretty cool. And he, like, crawls through the snow and, like, pokes his head out. It was great. Man, I love being a kid. Kids did the stupidest shit. It was awesome, man. But I hate snow. Fuck snow.
0: True.
4: I I I have a awesome. That's no, not as funny <laughs> as that one. <laughs> that, that, that one takes all the cakes. But uh, there was this big snowstorm in high school, um, from when in Glen Allen, Richmond area, and I was over at my friend's house, and we we knew it was gonna snow, so we we went there before. It did snow and it was winter break. So we stayed the night and then we woke up to all this snow and then she realized, and then we realized, oh man, let's all go out and play in the snow. So then we go, so we're playing in the snow. Um, it's my friend Haley and AJ and I think, uh, another friend, Abby was there too. <laughs> and so we start well, trompling around in her neighborhood, just going through all these back roads and, uh, and back woods and all that stuff. And all of a sudden we're like, man, we're really, really hungry and we can't drive to go anywhere because there's two feet of snow and Virginia and VDOT can't handle it, especially in this area, unfortunately. And so we start marching to Food Lion. <laughs> That's It's not that close at all. We just were like, well, we got about... We'll we'll try to get there. We get there maybe like a quarter of the way, and we give up. But we're just chanting like, "Where's the lion of food? Where's the lion of food?" To keep ourselves warm <laughs> and motivated. But it's one of the best moments. <laughs>
0: right. Yeah, those blizzards though. When those happen, man, the, the only real memory that I have with snow that I can like tangibly remember is the. Um, the blizzard when the, the Titans and the uh, Rams were in the Super Bowl and the all the lights went out and it was the Super Bowl where we had to go to someone's house to watch it because they were the only ones that had light uh, or electricity. And so um, that was the Super Bowl where the Tennessee Titans, and I think it was Eddie George and Steve McNamara or Steve McNair, um, that's when he, they basically got stopped at like the one yard line. And that was the the ending to the Super Bowl. It was the last play of the game. And he reached the ball. Like, they reached the ball over. And he was, like, literally uh, maybe two inches from from scoring. And they lost the Super Bowl that way. And that was, like, one of the most memorable memories that I have. Because I think in Richmond it was, like, legit a blizzard. I think it was, like, uh, I forgot what year it was. But it was, I mean, it was so. That was like the fondest memory that I have. I mean, I didn't really have a dog in the fight since I'm a Packers fan. But Titans and who was it? And the Rams, and um, man, but that's when Kurt Warner won, won one of his Super Bowls. Nineteen ninety nine. I was like, I was gonna say ninety six, but that's okay. Nice man. So speaking of football, man,
1: the Dallas Cowboys are now eleven and 1, 11 straight
0: games. For those of you that don't know, Garn is clearly a Dallas Cowboys fan. <laughs> he, it's his, it's his one flaw. And he is
4: we're, I mean How about the Cowboys?
0: And he is relishing in the fact that they're actually having a good season. I mean the uh The
1: Packers won. They beat the Texans.
0: <laughs> yeah, they did. They're they're finally back on an ups, up, upswing. Two games in a row, I'll take it. the Redskins it. lost, but what else is new? You know they threw that game, man. Like they weren't having a good game, but they were freaking. They were only down by like a touchdown or eight points, it was and then freaking
1: 31-23. Yeah. It wasn't even
0: that much. Yeah, it wasn't bad. I mean, it, it, we're having a decent game. So, so yeah, we all play next. We uh, we play Seattle next, Holy and shit. and the thing that's is, L. it's gonna be a great game. But no, I, I'm that's like, hell for you, easy. You know what? You, we need to stop thinking in this negative way and start thinking positively.
1: Well, I was positive, and then we beat y'all too.
0: Well, the thing is, you guys are actually having a really good season. You guys have a great defense, and you guys have a great running game. So. Our defense is okay.
1: It could be better. That Zeke. offensive line is who we need to thank, except Doug Free. Doug Free, get your shit together. We're going to send your this shit together. together. We're going to
0: send this to you. That's fine. You're welcome on here. And, you know, tell me why I'm wrong. <laughs> but, like, for real, I mean, I, the football is really, really starting to get exciting. We're down to the wire. People are trying to make the playoffs no one's a clear favorite except for the Dallas Cowboys who are locked in and on, in, the, in the NFC yep. but i think everybody else in the NFC is pretty uh it's up in the air except for Seattle's having they they lost last week so they're trying to have a redemption week besides like they, they lost last week well, they won they, this week they destroyed the Panthers yeah. yesterday yeah by the know. way did you hear Cam Newton they, they didn't start Cam Newton and get this they didn't? They, they didn't start. The coach decided not to start Cam Newton, who's their starting quarterback, because of some clothing uh, violation. And so, and guess what? They started their backup quarterback for the first drive. First pass from li- from the line of scrimmage was an interception. Amazing. Isn't that hilarious? Like, oh, I guess I regret that. I, I'm glad I
1: benched Cam this week. Yeah, he like, had a terrible week. His he, man, I had him last week, ass. The week before that, ass. The week before that, ass. The week before that, ass. We can keep going. To like Pretty much, three I, games I had of the season where he was okay, and then he just went
0: downhill. Like he was, he was a fluke, man. Well, the Panthers are having a really
2: bad season anyway. So, do you think that NFL is becoming more strict about players making statements, whether it's in their clothing or their, or their, you know, actions?
0: The thing is, I don't think they're super strict. Because it's like uh, each team is their own. Um, each team is their, really their own entity. Um, so that's it's the team's decision on whether they want to um, what whether they want to intervene or not. I mean, um, w- we can tell with the Colin Kaepernick situation. Who, by the way, um, who's bench for the rest of the season? <laughs> right. He he, would, he This was not the year to do it. <laughs> he was not know, having a year. I like, oh, I mean, man. the thing is, he's had a decline. He should have worked on his. If he really wanted to make a statement, he should have worked on his game and been like you know. That then he would have really yeah. made a big statement, but he <laughs> was ass, terrible. He was, saying, he was like, some ass this season. He was just trash. He was like man. so bad. Um, but I think you know there was a really good debate around that this year, and I think he he, he did. He, you know, somebody who was it? Um, somebody was talking about uh, one of the commentators said, I think it was Trevor Noah. Um, he was talking to Tommy Lauren, by the way, who, for those of you that don't know who Tomy Lauren is, Tony Lauren's a, um, she's starting to become mainstream conservative uh, news radio personality, or news personality, and mostly she's on social media, but she's, she is pretty uh, out there with her opinions, but what's interesting is that it was like kind of, so Trevor Noah, who's now the host of The Daily Show, invited her on mm-hmm. to talk about, like, I guess the opposing view, right? Like, you know, his, he's obviously a, a pretty progressive guy and believes in certain, um, I guess, Democrat values, I guess you could say. So he invited her on the TV show, or er, the Daily Show, and they talked and they went they went at a, a bunch of different topics, which you guys, by the way, should totally watch the, yeah, the segment. Yeah, so it was a lot. <laughs> it was really, really awesome what? to watch. Yeah, sort of was, yeah, it was like um, earlier last week.
3: Okay.
0: Yeah. And... It's like a 20 26-minute sec- clip, but it's worth it. Like, it goes by because it's so it's entertaining to watch. 20 clip. You mean an episode? No, no. It was like a clip because it wasn't the whole entire episode. Oh, shit. Yeah. But it's so entertaining to watch because they're so different from each other. There's such contrasting values. And I didn't realize how smart Trevor Noah is. He's really oh, yeah, intelligent. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like, I don't think they'd pick somebody to be the host of The Daily Show if they weren't. Well, like, I knew he was smart, but I didn't know he was, like, that. He, he was pivoting and, um, like...
4: Yeah, I mean, with the Daily a, Show, it's very. Is it Tommy
0: Lauren? Yeah, T O M I. Tommy. Yeah.
4: Yeah, T O. I mean, with the Daily Show, they're 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 in the middle for a lot of things, of, not not of saying this is good or this is bad. I'm gonna stay in the middle type thing, but they'll say like general statements of like, yes, we should do this, and everyone goes, yeah, that's awesome, yeah, but, yeah, of course we should do that type right, thing. So yeah. I think, yeah, and I agree with you, Asa, that, for me personally, it was just it was so cringeworthy. Oh, the whole time, because I've seen I've seen her talk, and I use air quotes when I said that. Uh, her her talk show. Um, it's just a train wreck. Train wreck to to watch, in my opinion, but just the hypocrisy that she keeps spewing. Not even just in that, but just throughout her, her career. Uh, who's the is a
0: Trump
1: lot. Uh, campaign? Kelly man? Conway. Kellyanne. Kellyanne Conway. Man, I have some feelings about that person. True. And I'll leave it at that. <laughs> yeah.
0: But, I mean, you need you need to watch the segment. It's really, I'm really entertaining. I'm looking at it right now. I'll probably watch it later. Yeah, you should. And we'll post it on the website uh, for those of you that haven't seen it yet. But you guys should. It's it's for, for, YouTube, for the Trevor least. Trevor Noah versus Tommy Lahren. It'll come up. <laughs> right. And for those of you that, regardless of whether you're into politics or current events or whatnot, it's just entertaining. It's great debate uh, technique. Um, they just go at it with per- But the whole point of me bringing that up was to talk about they talk about Colin Kaepernick. and Trevor Noah mentions uh, about how he feels. Like Tommy Lauren basically says she doesn't think that it's appropriate for Colin Kaepernick to be she She believes that he should he has the right to do it. But she doesn't like the fact that he did it and he used that medium with the um, the American flag. That's silly. Then what are you supposed uh, to do? And so that's and that, the, and the that was the
2: question that he proposed. Yeah. And, oh, ultimately, oh, 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 oh. and ultimately, and t- t- ultimately, that as I say, mm-hmm. Tommy, she concluded that you know, I don't make myself the victim, so I, something along the lines of like I I don't feel victimized, therefore I don't I don't speak up about it, and so that's I feel like silly. that but this, that. <sighs> I um, and I feel God. like that kind of just sums up her whole like you know angle, her whole point of view, which ultimately she did not answer Trevor's question, which was what is the appropriate response, what is the appropriate way to speak up about something if you're not going to kneel during the anthem? If you're What's not the appropriate debate? way for
0: a black person exactly. to to protest the way that you, is
2: appropriate? And essentially her answer was don't feel victimized, and I guess like. That's, That's very crazy. convenient coming from, you know, a, a yes, a white person so like, I don't know, I just feel like Trevor just fried her the whole time like,
3: hey, remember though, she's a millennial, she doesn't like labels.
4: She's <laughs> about to say that. Oh. Let's like... talk about the hypocrisy of just yeah. I mean, Wait, I've heard Trevor
0: Noah also a millennial? No, no, no. you got to watch the clip. He, he's, he's like a, he's a, like he he's like aren't you a millennial? She's like, "Well, I don't really like labels, but if I had to fit any category, I'd call myself a millennial." It's like, but you. He's like, you refute it by calling yourself with a label or something like that, or I forget. It was maybe she talked something about. Conservative, no, no, he um, he, asked so call he said
2: conservative. Yeah, exactly. That's what happened. He was like,
3: "So you're conservative," and she was like, "I'm a millennial. I don't like labels."
2: Yeah, <laughs> which is a contradiction in itself. And then he had that like puzzled, like you dumbass look on his face for like the it's next the best. for like the next no, seven no. seconds. He, you gotta he, watch
3: it. You could literally see Trevor Noah going through the five stages of grief like, in that clip when he was, like, uh, when he asked her, so you're a conservative, and she said, I'm a millennial, I don't like labels.
4: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) that's what I mean by the hypocrisy.
3: Yeah, it was hilarious. But it's very interesting how we
0: needed to discuss what, uh, like, race relations are like in this country. I think that would be an interesting topic for us to kind of, I mean, what are your thoughts on addressing some of the, the key issues that are, I guess, are hot topics or perennial topics this day and age, race relations being one, do you think the President-elect Trump is something that is going to make them severely worse? Or do you think he's going to avoid them completely and just keep his head down and, and, and just focus on economics?
2: I think Trump's passivity about what has, you know, his followers is incited speaks a lot. He's not going to be a champion of Pro-release relations. He's not going to be, you know, the person trying to mend it, and so I think what he's done is he's he's emboldened a lot of the divide. Actually, a lot. Sure of the people, has. Um, a lot of people. Uh, we have the you know white right supremacist groups. You know the alt right, the neo Nazis, and all of them. That, that um,
1: meeting was scary. What meeting? The alt right. Oh yeah, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. the nationalists, whatever. Yeah,
2: so I mean that is a direct, uh, that is a direct, uh, you know, reaction to you know Trump's rise. So uh, I think, and I think we've talked about this off record, me and Adam. Um, I anticipate things getting worse. I think sure do. Be, you know, pro- there's going to be more violence. We're going to hear about more cases. I think we're going to have to go through a lot of shit before things really get uh, really get resolved but it's probably not going to happen soon that's in short what i think i
1: think that's true as well i think a lot of people have a lot of stuff to be i don't want to say afraid of but we have to anticipate a lot nowadays especially people of color and minorities in general
4: at least cautious minimum not not necessarily either afraid or petrified but
2: there there has been a lot of you know positive as well like for example um uh, I'm seeing more things like free martial arts classes for hijabis and, you know, things like that. Um, But that is alarming as well, you know. The fact that people are so afraid that they are more conscious of their mortality, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Even before the rise of, of Trump, you know. Me and my family, we don't face a lot of shit, you know what I mean? Like, have you ever stared down the barrel of a gun from a cop for what you believe in? That's the type of shit we have to live with, you know what I mean? Like, but I, and it's scary. Like, I know I don't pray in public anymore, you know what I mean? Unless I have someone flanking me from behind, making sure no one's gonna attack me, because the that's last, a serious concern.
3: Yeah, man. The last time I prayed in public was at um, was at Renwick. I saw like this visibly uncomfortable, like. Dissy family and like the dad had just gone up to pray and he was like kind of looking back and forth and I was like Mm -hmm. dang It's that time already. So I just like hopped on and joined him joined him And he said afterwards like it had really put him at ease because you know, he's like, you know It's all these white folk. What are we gonna do? And I was like, I don't know, man But that was like uh, like two months ago. I went back to Renwick And -hmm. it was like it was weird, you know, it was like we're at the
4: the election.
3: Yeah
0: You know and um, we actually had a conference call today with the White House um, it was like there was a good chunk of people on the call like maybe 150 people um, but essentially the call was to address uh, hate crimes that might possibly might possibly happen um, and you know just people's concerns I think it was supposed to be like a uh, you know Muslim leaders across the country were supposed to weigh in on how they were feeling and what, what their thoughts were and kind of the Obama administration it, it was actually to be on the person that was on it was Valerie Jarrett who's senior policy advisor to Uh, I think that's her official title, and it actually might be something even higher than that, um, to the president. And so she got on and she just um, explained, you know, what her sentiments were and how um, the Obama administration up until the last day will make sure that these things are, um, you know, they're they're basically a reassurance to see what we've what they've done, what they're doing and how and how they've kind of helped uh, propel and continuously move the ball forward for Muslim Americans under the Obama administration they appointed the first Muslim liaison which that being Zaki Berzinji um, and so shout out to Zaki um, but yeah so I mean, we'll we'll definitely see what happens in the coming four years
2: <clears throat> ben. I predict that there are going to be a lot of scandals with uh, Trump's children you can expect to see like <laughs> I'm calling it right now you can expect to see like their uh, his daughters in the news and and stuff like that. I wouldn't be surprised if like the media tries to like really spin some shit or like you know even blow something out of proportion. I feel like the media is responsible for a lot of a lot of things that have happened as well. Um but I mean there's a lot that can be said. Like you can point the blame at a, at a lot of different things for for the rise of Trump and, and the effects that, that his campaign has had. Um but yeah, we'll we'll see where the media goes. There's also this talk about fake media, uh, fake news as well. Do, you, oh, do yeah. you know anything about that?
0: Yeah. So I, I mean, I've heard some of this, some of the stuff. Uh, there was an article that I think there was a study actually done by Stanford University that talked about fake news, right? Yeah. And um, what I anticipate happening from that is I think Facebook's going to come out with some verify source, like verify like authenticity logo. Like news. like a check mark on yeah. Twitter? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That says like indicates that this news has been vetted. I anticipate Facebook creating a, a news section or division that is solely dedicated to vetting news.
1: You would hope so, but because a lot Facebook of people
0: runs off of how much money they make because of
1: things that are pushed to the front and things that are trending. So if fake news has more popularity and they can get more traffic because of that, then what's stopping them from
0: capitalizing on that and just making money? Good point. I don't know, but I'm I, I hoping that most companies, what they end up doing is, you know, trusting in the fact that you know verifying, so, verifying uh, stuff.
1: Actually, NPR put up an article uh, earlier today around one o'clock, where uh, it actually advises you how to check uh, fake news and you know pay attention to what you're looking at, especially something that's very clickbait. Um, as well. Which is everything nowadays. Yeah, honestly. Um, shout we out don't... to the subreddit that is uh, r saved you a click one of the best subreddits out there um, it basically summarizes what the f- or fake or you know inaccurate article is in the sub in the headline or whatever so some of the things that the article on uh, npr talks about is you know just looking at the url Um, looking at that by itself, you can understand that, you know, maybe the domain is off or something about it is just shifted. Um, reading the about us section, especially on a, on a like page in Facebook, you can read that section, figure out if it's a catfish type page or not. And then checking the comments, like if seeing the same comments over and over or the same pattern between the comments, then you can pretty much be certain that a bot came up with it. So we'll link this, uh... This article that NPR put up on the website, um, you guys can check it out there. It's pretty cool. Um, if you have any, you know, your own personal anecdotal advices on how to look up the news or anything that
0: you guys do, please, you know, tweet at us. And switching gears here, um, and onto an unrelated topic. So, Vaisel and I, when we were walk, when we were driving here. Um, we were talking about this new spot here in Richmond. It's. Uh, a gaming lounge, and it's called KLG. Have you guys heard of it? No. It's really cool. It is, what is that? It's gonna be sweet. It's, it's like
2: two. It's one block away from there. Is that the fool? No, it's no, no it's no, no. on the same side of the road, just the next block. Six sixteen
0: oh. East Franklin Street. Yeah. And so essentially, what it is, it's this new spot. It they I, there was an RTD article that came out a few months ago on it, and then they finally started getting everything in place to where they can. Um, they're putting it together and so, so
2: essentially what it is is like a current generation arcade so they have like uh, computers game consoles they have PlayStation VR hooked up they have like Oculus and Vive and it's pretty much like an, an arcade, arcade for yeah. it's like a lounge it's oh, like yeah, a gaming it. cool. it, it's, a lounge. it's like it's a gaming like lounge for for us right so that's interesting I mean, that sounds
1: rad yeah, yeah so I mean, one day i was walking shit. home late from work so the price is free plug for klg gaming lounge if y'all want to give us a you know free all day pass let us know but apparently an hour is five dollars three is twelve five is eighteen and an all day play is twenty five hey he that's very, it. it's, reasonable. that's yeah. very reasonable. That's very reasonable. But it depends on how many people are there. And it says you can book parties and all that too. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. I mean,
3: that's not the first one in Richmond. You know, they have the Forge, which is pretty much the same thing. Is, is it? I feel like the Forge is very it niche. niche. It's weird. It I've been in there.
4: That's the, uh like the West End one Eye Jack, right?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
4: Yeah, yeah I've, I've actually been in there before. Um, It's, it's basically it's basically One Eye Jackson um and town It's just in the West they End. They have
3: video games there. they have?
4: But they have
3: like they have like rows of computers too. Unless yeah,
4: yeah. Wasn't yeah. oh, done. Wasn't done. So One I Jackson, if you guys don't know, is like a nerd shop, quote unquote. that has board games <laughs> and, and dice. Um and creepy guys who stare at you because you're you present as a woman, but nonetheless.
2: Well, if you're a person of color, it's real interesting. Is this the one in Carytown? Yes. Yeah. yeah.
4: Yeah. and so the forge is the West End version um, but it has that front part of the house uh, uh, the front of house is basically the same board games um, merch that type of thing but in the in the back of house you have all these computers that you can play games on yeah
0: mm-hmm. and growing up we were here we would play at this one spot in uh, Chester and it was like literally a uh, computer gaming I guess uh, computer lab cafe yeah it was like cyber cafe but like essentially people would just go there and place counter strike all day mm-hmm. and so it, that's where we used to go like that was like our spot like when we were really um like we wanted to get together and do something this is like when i was like 12 or 13 uh me and a couple of guys we would just go there like consistently and I, this is one memory that i have is always drinking do you guys remember balls
1: yeah no, gamer
0: fuel for life. <laughs> that's what i'm talking about got you. so we used to be obsessed with <laughs> balls and so, it's okay to
4: I'm,
1: love
0: balls full homo that's what I'm talking about yeah Yeah. so we uh, we were totally obsessed with that drink it was awesome it was really really awesome um you, what were you obsessed with? Balls. Yeah. Yeah. B a w l z. I think. LS. So, is it? Was it L-S?
3: Yeah, it's a guaran. It's a guarana energy drink. Yeah, oh. it's oh. like
1: Red Bull before
3: Red Bull. But they have it. They have an orange one and a cherry one now too that they oh, sell yeah, at. The blue Microsoft. one is the best
0: though. The OG mm. balls. The bl- blue one is is the best.
3: You like blue balls?
0: Hell yeah. Feels so good, bro. But getting back to KLG. So KLG's, um, they're going to be games. opening up, I think, on Did December 17th. Games. And um, it, they're like, doing some sort of promo, so we should go Guys, check it out. Games are bad for you. We should start a book club. Get That's
1: the fuck out, out of here. <laughs> uh, so, books are good for you? They got PlayStation 4. They got Xbox One. And there's like four games for Xbox. And then they got PlayStation 4 VR. They got Arkham VR. Oh, man, that'll be interesting.
3: I'd like to see that i heard it was really bad oh really yeah like i heard it was insanely terrible yeah um, i heard that too my friend was like yeah imagine those 3d glasses you get and you use on the back box of cereal i was like yeah he's like imagine something worse than that <laughs> oh shit. shit damn
4: speaking That's... of video games last of us uh two, two yeah. yeah i'm gonna yeah.
1: i'm gonna i'm Edging my way towards getting that PlayStation 4, uh, Faisal. Mm-hmm. Man, it's gonna, it's gonna happen, man. Between Uncharted 4 and um, yeah. The Last of Us, the second one, oh, man, and
3: oh god, Street Fighter. There's so many good games. And Street Fighter, Fighter 5. We Akuma, Akuma got released. Oh really? Or he got announced. He's coming out on the 20th of December. Very nice. He looks very good. I'll yeah. probably get him.
2: yeah you know you're gonna
3: get it well that's the thing like i haven't gotten i haven't gotten a lot of the dlc characters like i only got boxer and um yeah just boxer i only got balrog (laughs) out of the six from season one because nobody else really appealed to me man season two is going to be akuma's the only returning character and then apparently there's five brand new characters that they've never had in the franchise before that are going to be released
2: adam how are you playing it what console i'm using PC. pc Uh, and
3: there's crossplay, and, and, there's yeah, cross-play play between play. PS4 and PC, so I get to scrimmage with Tallinn and Spencer. Do you have MK10? I don't have MK10.
2: I I was, okay, well, alright, I'm getting Street Fighter for PC and we're gonna play.
3: Yeah, that's fine. Whenever you right. want to catch these hands, it's fine.
2: <laughs> 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 Let's go. See me in Mortal Kombat. No, I know, you're
3: good. You're good. <laughs> I don't mess with you in Mortal Kombat, dude. <laughs>
2: That's cool. You can you can still catch a beating in Street Fighter. I got uh, Pokemon like two days ago. My um, man, did you started playing. I only put in about an hour of it. You liar! Actually, it's less than an hour. It's Like, four I, hours. I put in like fifty something minutes.
3: Yeah, he told me that yesterday, so his story checks
2: out. <laughs> 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 Thank you. <laughs> um. I'm probably not going to play it until like January though. I'll just like, I'll pick it up for a couple of minutes and put it down. Just do a couple of battles and put it down. I'm not really going to invest in it until much later. I just thought it was a compulsive buy. It was like 3 a.m. in the morning. And I was like, man, I need, like, I kind of want to play Pokemon. But like, I'm going to get it eventually. Might as well get it now, right? Yeah, I just downloaded it. Um, I was disappointed it wasn't in 3D. That's all I'll say about it right now, but. Yeah, it yeah it's, it's it's not, not a three D,
4: but it's it's because the of all the different things that they're doing with this, mm-hmm. they it can the even now that I I was reading about it, who knows when it first came out the first couple of days that the game was actually um, making the DS run really really slow the three mm-hmm. even the three Ds oh yeah, that's what I mean the three Ds running really really slow, mm-hmm. um, so I just think what they wanted to do with the, with the title. They just couldn't do 3d with that because it was just gonna overload everything
2: yeah adam was saying something about that uh yesterday he was also talking about like um how p- people are anticipating the nintendo switch to be underpowered because it is a really, it really is a mobile device so i mean how are you gonna have like triple console titles on a mobile processor you know, how is that going to look? And then me and Adam were discussing... like, And that's one of my biggest, like, worries about the new Zelda game. I feel that because of its scale, because of how ambitious that they want to get with it, um, that Nintendo, like, may even drop the ball on it. But I guess it's kind of er- too early to say. Um, I mean,
1: I was thinking about it and I was like, well, NVIDIA kind of already made something
3: like that. The Shield... they're using they're they're using the processor from the shield they're using a modified version of that for the switch
1: oh really i
4: didn't know
3: that Mm
1: -hmm.
3: that's pretty cool because the shield itself
1: is really small it's not a lot like it's only 16 gigs and i don't even know if there's
3: expandable storage or anything like that so but it's really light
1: and you can walk around with it i guess
3: i'm all right with that i know i'm buying the switch first day it comes out really Mm -hmm. why Cuz man, I haven't had a console in a long time.
1: Nah, <laughs> uh, there's that PC mentality changing.
3: I guess it's for Nintendo, so it doesn't. It's just camera. for Nintendo. The yeah. only thing, only the only exclusive I ever buy is Nintendo, man.
1: Yeah, that's kind of one of my reasons as to why I still want to have a PlayStation Four. It's just a legacy, man. B- since back in the day. PS One. PS One, man. Can't go wrong with Crash Bandicoot. That was the first game I ever played. So,
2: Crash and Spyro bit. too mm-hmm. and Spyro, so man, good. don't sleep on Spyro yeah, man. I, I really want to play the new Spider-Man game on Playstation but it's exclusive and I won't be playing it but I really want to play it <laughs> well <laughs> if you funny. buy it
1: and I have a Playstation you can come play it
2: yeah I'm not going to buy it though Doobie might get it though I'll watch him play it I'm excited for the new Is Marvel vs Capcom 4? nah he'll eventually get one though he said, he said, I asked him when he's to get one. He said, by the time you're finished with your VR project, then I'll have one. So, soon come.
4: So, Adam, what were you saying earlier?
3: Uh, Marvel vs. Capcom? Yeah, new new one was uh, teased. It's called Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite. It looks pretty good. They're Going back to the original Marvel vs. Capcom formula of 2v2 instead of 3v3 which is going to be really interesting but i also heard very good news that uh ultimate marvel versus capcom 3 is uh it's re-released for playstation 4 Ooh. so you could you could pick that up before like because everybody thought like marvel and capcom had this licensing dispute so they were that's why they pulled all the copies off the shelves and things like that and they stopped producing it but it's remastered now so you clearly don't yeah but they're, they're focusing on the Marvel Cinematic Universe characters for the new game, for Infinite, which is going to be very interesting because there are rumors floating around that they aren't going to have any X-Men characters. Dumb. Which is really dumb, yeah, because if, you, if, yeah, like if you've yeah, if you known about the series, if you've known about Marvel vs. Capcom since beforehand, since, it's, since um, uh, oh. Capcom vs. X-Men, actually, yeah. uh, there always a, there's always been at least um, Magneto Storm and Wolverine, yep. like those three, have been in like in one iteration or another Marvel vs. Capcom. So I'm like kind of mad about it, but hey, if Iron Fist is still there, I'll be okay.
1: Man, they—I mean—they have an Iron Fist movie, so <laughs> or
3: yeah, it's going to be a Netflix original, it, which will be web
4: series.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah,
3: there's also a movie
1: with Rizza as a producer. Well, yeah. I think he
3: scored it. Uh, I
1: didn't know he was so good at scoring movies. Did you know that? Who Rizza?
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely, Yeah, man. He's, he's like, done a hell of a yeah. 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 Like, his wow. acting is shit, though, but his production is... His good. production is awesome, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Man.
4: Well, speaking of that, um, I was I actually was watching a little more of Luke Cage today.
3: Yeah. Um, oh, good, good, good.
4: I know, it was good. Or it is Adam, good. I finished
1: it. It's good. It's awesome.
4: I'm, I'm not done. What episode are you on? Uh, Four or five. Okay. I, I, I either finished three or four.
2: Yeah. Okay. Um, What about about you? You were on the scene. um, I'm about at episode three or four, around where she's at.
4: Uh, I just finished the prison episode.
3: Ooh. That's a good
4: one. Yeah. I think that's my
1: favorite one. Oh, yeah. I think so.
4: It's really good. But why I bring it up is the the terminology that they're using for Netflix series is television web series. Oh, Um, yeah. I don't know. I found that. I found that. that jargon very interesting just from my st- from a linguistic standpoint, but yeah they're gonna combine or bring together Daredevil Jessica Jones Luke Cage obviously and Iron Fist together and then they're gonna be it's gonna be one big Netflix show um, called The Defenders uh, next year I think I
2: can't yeah. fucking wait yeah. that sounds I'm to amazing
1: watch. I'm gonna have to watch Jessica Jones all the way through and I'm gonna have to watch yeah.
3: the new season of Daredevil.
1: Mm-hmm. But I got to say, Luke Cage is my favorite. So far, it's so good.
3: For me, it's dwarfed by um by season two of Daredevil. That's just my personal it, opinion. Yeah,
1: so you might be right. Aren't they coming up with Pun- Punisher 2?
3: Yeah, I yeah.
4: I've, I've heard that, yeah. Yeah,
3: because he was in
1: the second season of Daredevil. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if Asif is watching or has watched or plans to watch. Of
0: course, I've watched uh, I've watched three or four episodes of Luke Cage. I've watched all of Daredevil. I've watched, um, I've watched Sometimes I feel like I watch too
3: much TV.
0: <laughs> uh, it's a it's a serious problem. But um, no, I all those series are like amazing. I think Luke Cage has done really really well in like portraying what it feels like. I I'm just a sucker for anything that takes place in New York City. To be honest.
4: You so know. lots of media
0: yeah exactly so like because I mean that's one of my like dreams is to go move and move to New York and live in New York for a few years you know it's just like I don't know something about it that's just that a it's a broom closet community? for I you over school, there all the grind I, it just <laughs> motivates me I don't know so whenever I go to New York it's not I don't get tired I get like motivated I come back and I'm like oh shit I want to like you know do my shit I want to get on my grind you know like whenever um, it's just uh, something about that city that makes you feel like you want to tick you know
4: yeah, you can yeah, make it
1: there. You can make it anywhere, man. It's
0: true, man. Over-wise it is a grind. New, man. It is a Over-wise grind. New.
4: Yeah, Adams right. Good luck with your broom closet uh broom. <laughs>
0: for sure, for sure. Well, that's the thing, but and so that's why all, a lot of these shows I just I feel an affinity towards because I they all take place in New York City. So it's like, you know, it's fun to watch for me. I enjoy like the surroundings. I enjoy the diversity that you see in the shows. It's not like very one-sided i mean and all even in daredevil like one of the one of the main women that comes along is rosario dawson who's you know it's like it, there's so much great diversity that come, comes in with like a lot of these netflix shows that i i'm very impressed with the quality that they, they're really competing with the big dogs which i guess is hbo and, and i think like netflix does a
1: better job of touching like social nuance a little bit better they touch a lot of social issues a lot better and or at least it, the
4: green light shows that touch on a better yeah, yeah
1: yeah and like you see the big network television and it's just like you guys have so much power to change the way people perceive everything or anything but you don't you have shows like fucking
0: empire i love empire,
2: empire no. I love really yes i fucking love that show i figured show. he was going
0: to i was going to say i hope you didn't mention empire cuz that's, like one of their better Is that a good shows show? it's one of their I love better shows it's like you know, you should mention like Chicago Fire or some shit like that, or like Hawaii Five O or, or some shit. You know, like nobody wants to see that shit. You know, take well, his reincarnation. Is is the Hawaii Five-0 Oh, my no. god!
4: I was just—I thought you were talking about HBO compared to Love yeah. like, to, to Netflix.
0: Oh, bro,
1: Ballers is a great show. Oh my god, Ballers is
0: one. Ballers is awesome. It's one. But like, that's what I'm saying. There's certain. What's great is about a lot of these shows is that is that. Uh, you know they portray a certain they they're like marketed to a certain audience and i think these other like the mainstream television channels like CB, cbs and like fox and stuff is they they just keep reinventing the same show just like a very different variation yeah, of it I agree. Yeah. whereas yeah, like yeah. at least hbo and netflix are like changing the game a little bit they are yeah, at least like e- even
4: hulu too
0: right hulu is as all, well. all
4: the all the uh, internet platforms man in the castle yeah. oh
0: shit i'm
1: speaking of too. hulu Did you know that Jeffrey Donovan is going to be on a Hulu original series? I did not. He's going to be on... I forgot what it's called. Um, I'm going to look it up for you right now. And it's pretty much him as Michael Weston, but with magic. It's fucking awesome. (laughs) I'm so hyped. You have no idea. Oh,
3: my goodness. Oh, God. What is
1: it? It's called Shut eye
3: And it starts December 7th on hulu it would be cool if they prefaced the first episode with my name, my is, name is michael weston spy. Spy. <laughs> oh <my. laughs> but now that's i'm
1: the a best show that's but my now... favorite show of all t- well no hold up scrubs no yeah. hold up mash oh, mm-hmm. I to say. mash then scrubs then burn notice but scrubs
0: though holy shit Scrubs is so good. It's so old, but I like. That's one of the shows that I know that sounds really bad, and it's kind of counter, uh, intuitive. But it I've watched that show sometimes when I go to sleep, just because it's like so comforting. You know, it's not like a.
4: No, I understand. It's 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 also one of the more accurate, quote unquote, medical shows. Right. Just all around because they're not so jumbled down by the medical jargon and. Trying to save the case of the day, the episodic episode type thing. It's about the people who are in this hospital, and I it's think that's Opus. why. Yeah, exactly. That's why it's it has a legacy.
0: Right, and the thing is also with that show is that like I I think I have a, a a special calling for shows that have like a problem and then a solution and then they talk about like why the solution is important to like the overall picture in society. Like Scrubs does that really well, where like you know, it has like a lesson and like, you know, it's all touchy-feely at the end but it's like kind of a lesson that's you can apply to your real life, you can take away and like, it, it makes sense. Man, Burn
1: Notice taught me about how if you want to shoot a propane tank you gotta have an open flame next to it to make sure that it explodes. Yeah. It's a good lesson. Doug, I got
3: you.
2: I think I learned that from Gears of War. No. Nah. I learned it from Michael Weston. I learned well, like, one thing from you know, playing think...
3: Gears of War, and that's if you shout Revive Me <laughs> loud enough that you'll eventually get like picked back up.
2: Adam, so, I miss co-oping with you, man. That was fun. Magic. I, yeah, it sure was.
3: Matic <laughs> Soon it'll be happening again, right?
2: No, nah, not with Gears of War. I'll just
3: whip his ass in Street Fighter, though.
2: Okay. You can
3: keep talking, right? Files is going to be over here like I landed two jabs on you. What?
2: Let's go. I'll whip you in Quake,
3: too. Oh, goodness. <laughs> get Get Overwatch. Let's go. Sure. Actually, I was you.
1: thinking about getting Overwatch, but not for the PlayStation, because that'll be some
3: ass. Yeah, exactly. It's just it's slower paced on consoles, and like the balancing. What is good is that they're balancing the game separately, which I really like
1: and my brother pr- pr- uh, proposed a good idea to me over black friday he's like man you're a fake pc gamer <laughs> i'm like yeah dog you're 100% right and he's like you want to be a pc gamer so bad but you fucking suck at it
2: and i don't I'm get like, that right. i don't get that impression from you you're like a loyal sony fanboy to me
1: yo true nice thank you i guess um but he was like why don't you just save money and get a steam like stick thing, you know I'm talking about? A Steam box? Yeah, a Steam box. Not a box. The thing that you plug into your TV, like a Chromecast. Oh, yeah, yeah. Get that. And the controller. And he's like, that shit is $40, and you can just stream everything through that and still use a controller. Wait,
2: wait. say it's a USB stick? Yeah, it's like the Chromecast. So it it only uh, is used to transmit video signal and audio to it or does it have its own you have to load games on it, it has its own no, processing. no no you can
1: just transmit the game to the
2: tv oh it's just for uh, sending the signal to the tv that's what it's for right? yeah oh, okay got you it's like chromecast Uh-oh, like i would be you. playing
1: off like i would you. be using my computer yeah. it would just be projected
0: on the tv gotcha that's sweet well my question for you guys is a lot of the things that we've talked about we've spent a good chunk of this episode on gaming in general right and um whether that be video games or computer games whatnot. So, what would what do you guys feel like? And this might be a difficult question. How would you raise your kids? Like, would you allow them to? How much time would you allow them to spend on like these things versus like outdoor recreational or social My activities? My kid is gonna be
1: born like with a book in his hand or her hand or their hand. You go and read before you learn how to play video games. Yes, agreed. But okay. unless that video game is Pokemon, in which case you can learn to read that way. In Adam's case, dun dun dun. Uh. <laughs> That's true. In Sergio's
4: case too. Yeah, actually. Like, there's, literally, the there's
1: literally 11. dozens of us I, I mean it depends <laughs> it de- I think it depends more on the game than the amount that you allow the kid to play the game cause I mean if I let my kid play Grand Theft Auto 5 like for 12 hours a day I'm sure he's gonna be a little psychopath and like kill like or smash little Jimmy with a truck in the playground or some shit no. but do
4: video games cause violence that old age old See,
1: question that's so divided because there's some studies that
3: say yeah and then there's some that say no it's completely unrelated so it's soggy i think i think the approach i had was that i was introduced to certain types of games incrementally with age you know sure the first types of games i played besides pokemon were fighters but they were sprite-based fighters there was no blood really like they're just kind of like oh yeah simple stuff
2: Um, um, I don't think I don't think if you know twelve-year-old Jimmy's gonna play twelve hours of GTA, he's gonna wild out and act out. Otherwise, we'd have a lot more kids in the hospital because kids fucking play video games all the time, all day. So I don't think that there's a very strong or positive correlation between. Well,
3: well, little Jimmy's gonna develop a mouth, which I'm not gonna like stand for. Like you well, No, no, a...
2: that's that's not coming from you can't isolate video games and say that it's coming from that you can make the same argument about music uh, television tv so
1: what you're arguing is that
2: the parent has to control what the ta- what the child learns as No, I'm not saying that. I'm I'm just saying that certain media doesn't you know influence or you know make someone act out in a certain way. It may alter someone's opinions on something or maybe someone's approach on something. It may help them understand a life perspective or a different lens on society. Um, But I don't think that, like, it's going to make someone act out irrationally or against what they already know to be right. You know what I mean? I don't think it's going to influence them to be, you know, violent or whatever. But as going back to Asif's question, I mean, I think... For me, it really depends on like what gaming is by the time I have children, because like routine. because we're not going to be playing with controllers. We may not even be playing on our phones. I mean, if we do, it may be like you know basic stuff. But like you know, we we'll, I guess we'll have to see. But also, I mean, I grew up around kids who were gamers. Like you know, shout outs to fucking uh, um, Harrison and them, Tallinn and them you know it's those kids that go up and they get degrees in computer science and engineering they want to study physics you know you know like it's it's deeper than even the story of the game as well you can be inspired by the technology hey i think that shit is cool like for example um landing xbox helped me understand networking concepts you know what I mean? Like, how do I, you know, connect this machine to the internet? How do I connect this machine to that machine because I want to play with my friend? Because of that, now I'm learning networking, basic level local area networking. You know what I mean? And like, you can pick up and learn a lot about that stuff. But it ultimately comes down to the child. You know what I mean?
0: Well, th- to pose another question for you guys is like, um, I know that I mentioned, you know how to, how would you raise your kids with video games? What impact do you think video games would have? Let's say they spend two, three hours a day, right, on a video game, right? What do you, what impact do you think that has on their social skills? You better get your I ass think, outside. Well, I that's what I'm saying. Social skills, because well, I so think, that's, and that's a different question from the initial question. But that, that depends. But that
1: depends on like. The, I feel like you're asking a very broad question, like because that's a whole child. It is. I want your question. interpretation
0: on
2: it. Well. Well, I mean, it's going to definitely shape the way that we communicate with each other. I mean, if you look at um, the way that we're interacting with each other online right now, there is no, you know, program or sort of educational approach that combats cyberbullying. You know what I mean? So you hop on Xbox Live, how much cyberbullying is happening. The way that we interact with each other through headsets and voice is going to be different than the way that you would see that person in real life. So there's a clear distinction there, socially, yes, you can actually use, for example, telepresence to, um, to do a social program, for example, you can use that for speed dating, you know what I mean? You can use it for all sorts of different things. So it has a lot of, you know, different directions it can go to. I think it depends on the application and the uh, culture of that application.
0: But let's look at the mainstream games that we're talking about, right, which are um, like Street Fighter, um, yeah. uh, some, your, your fighting games, and then your, um, let's first say, first-person shooters. First shooters, or even like your Pokemons, right? Those don't require a lot of um, social skills necessary, right, in that sense. So like, would you feel comfortable with your kid playing your child, playing those games for X, Y, Z amount of time, as opposed to... Let's say, you know, and, and this is this is, this could be a question that's applied to just general uh, technology application, right? So, like, even texting and stuff, people are saying that our generation is becoming less and less social. Um, and so, uh, getting away from video games even, like, do you think that's a, a true statement or a valid yeah, statement? Yeah, because
1: about 15 minutes ago when we were all talking, you were on Facebook on your phone. Right. Right. So, yes.
0: <laughs> Jeez.
1: But, Anyways, I'm, but, to your point, like... All of these awesome. things do Thanks. have. Appreciate I am no, but it like. Well, the, the reason you want, be, I was on you want to be you don't need to justify yourself, but let me finish my point. I don't need to justify myself, but you're gonna call me out. Right. Just listen. Okay. Relax. It's, right. it's 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 to your point. Just relax, because it's important. The whole point of being able to use social media is so that you're social with other people, right? While that might be behind a screen, it's still important. It's a social interaction. There's are lots of studies being done on that right now. Shout out to Joy Gabba. But sure. there's lots of studies being done on the fact, like, how do we interact on Facebook? How do we interact on Twitter? Like, all those things are very, very important. It's very interesting to see all of that. Especially because, like, <clears throat> if you look at Pokemon, one of the... if you, That's one thing that everybody in this room has in common. Is that we've all played Pokemon at one point in our lives. So, if the kid grows up to playing Pokemon with a bunch of their friends, then what's wrong with that? You know, that, that kid is developing social skills, correct? So, if you're playing the game with other people, like if you're playing a multiplayer game, you're playing Halo, you're playing with your friends, so then you're being social, right? But, are you saying social in the sense that you're using that game to, you know, make friends? Or social in the aspect that you want your child to go outside and actively be social with people in a physical sense? I think Muhammad I mean, had yeah, not... Do, do you
2: see what I'm saying? I mean, the same argument was being made with uh, um, in-person dating versus online dating. Yeah, I mean, especially like in like the late 90s, you know what I mean? Everyone was like, who would really do that's for nerds? You know what I mean? But now if you look at how many people are connecting and hooking up, it's all through technology. You know what I mean? So, like, I think you're asking that question from a place where the technology is still uh, growing. And it's going Mm -hmm. to be shaping the way that we interact with each other. For sure. So,
3: I think Muhammad and I actually had a conversation like that because we both started playing games on our PCs fairly young. And um, we learned real quick that, like... um, (laughs) there's a certain decorum and a certain etiquette you follow even when you're online, right? You're not just talking to a bunch of robots. You can't just be typing in lead speak and expect people to actually like that stuff. Right. So, uh, we both talked about how our typing evolved to be more professional and more worded and more grounded in reality, uh, like within two months of hopping onto the PC scene, which I thought was really funny. Like when we were young, you know, you're trying to explore all these places on the internet. Um, you know, I typed really slowly one and I also typed like very childishly within like two months. All of that was like I typed like a grown man by the end. Of it. And like, uh, you know, those skills translated into real life You, because, you know, yeah, you know, it might seem childish to get into arguments with people on the Internet, but uh, you learn to ground your stuff in facts. You learn to you know articulate arguments in a way that because you're you're sitting in a place where everybody has the same boundless information that you do so you you fact check and you learn all that stuff and that's what that was my experience with it so i I think that i
2: I would also be interested to see like studies on how video games even uh, affect cognition um and higher level higher level like thinking skills like you take these very high level strategy games league of legends um and games of that sort and you look at the complexity of teamwork that's involved there's you know there's a lot that can be learned there as well the um you know from teamwork to work ethic to communication to mm-hmm. um all of these things I, I think uh me and uh shout outs to my homie jordan um we got in we got into a little back and forth online about Uh, what was it ESPN doing major league gaming yeah yeah and people are split on that like why is why is video games on a sports network this is not sports you know what I mean so I feel like the applications are really kind of blurring the lines of like use cases and what and what can be achieved and the value that comes with it I think there's probably a lot more to discover in terms of you know what kind of value and benefit it has on people and society as a whole
0: Mm. yeah i think there's no doubt that the that gaming and the interaction that you have online interactions that you have online will not will i think drastically help you in your writing skills i think there's a direct correlation there i think that, that that's totally exists but my question is actual face-to-face interaction. I wonder, and I I guess we'll see how that progresses, right, with our, over the next 10 to 15 years, right? Well, I think that
1: depends on, uh, I was going to, and if you're anything like me, and we're going to agree on this, is that like our kids are probably going to be very active in sports. Correct? And even Adam, your kid is probably going to be a track superstar. So, I mean, (laughs) What was that? Just joking. It's, it's all like you're asking a broad question, but in a very specific manner. You're saying, how are you going to raise your kid? But, you know, there's that's such a you know, broad question. And I keep saying that, but there's no really other way to describe it. Like, how are you going to raise your kid? Asip?
0: Well, it depends on what sense, right? Well, I, I would like to raise my kid in a variety of ways, but I, I mean, I would like to raise them probably playing sports, but that's, like, you know, there's another total half of the equation that I have to account in for it, and which is, like, my wife, right? What would, how would my wife like to raise my kid, and or our kid, or our kid and them. then you find a way or common ground to, like, mix and blend the two, so.
4: You also can't forget the kid's perspective as well. Correct. this.
3: Yeah. So I mean, no, I mean no, to no, a no, certain no, no, no. extent, our, ki- our kids point, are going to be like... super soldiers. That's yep, it.
1: That's it. They're going to be raised how I was raised. You got to clean that fucking toilet
3: <laughs> with a toothbrush. That's a good. That's
0: a good segue too in a conversation that I think I like having. Is that like? I feel like, I, and this is a good general. This is a really general statement because I don't. And I've seen this a lot. Uh, and so this is what my what I've seen from people that I have encountered with, right? Where kids um, these days don't have as many chores to do as like when we were growing up. Like we grew up with like having to vacuum the house and like you know cut the grass and doing all the manual labor for our parents. And I don't know if that comes from like the values that we were born and raised with, but like you know. Uh, I think it depends on your interaction with kids, right? And that's what I'm saying. These are like, like from the en- encounters how often that I've seen. Do you I do not mean interacting kids these days. Well, like whenever you go and see like family friends, when you go to family friends' houses and stuff, like kids are just like sitting around, like um, like playing games or something like that, right? As opposed to like they were, you know, when I was growing up, like my parents would make me be in the kitchen, like be the one serving the people that we were that we were hosting, you know, like. Whereas that doesn't exist anymore, and so like I, those are some just some of the situations that I've encountered. I, I just to am curious to see if you guys have noticed similar trends. You're such and... a conservative, huh? You're still traditional, <laughs> traditional not conservative.
1: Traditional. I think I we're think traditional. are uh, not conservative. That's how it starts.
3: I think uh, I, I'm probably going to go the same route my parents did, where they were for the most part very free in allowing me to explore my interests under the condition that I did my best when exploring it. Yeah. So they let me they let me play violin, but they were very hard, like we didn't let you pick a violin so you couldn't practice, you know. So why don't we hear you playing that hot cross buns like kind of thing? Or uh when I started track and field they were like, if you're gonna do this then you better go to districts so and that didn't happen for like two years, but I mean <laughs> so they were very like, Yes, explore your interests, figure out what you're good at, but you'll never be able to do that unless you're doing your very best while exploring.
1: Hmm. yeah I agree with that I feel like that's how most well that's how my parents were as well they were like oh you want to play football play football be good at it and have fun Like, and that was pretty much the tale of the take for all of it Like, do whatever you want to do but be the best at what you do Mm -hmm. what Asian and like brown parents have in their children is that I don't think they really care if their child is that stereotypical doctor, lawyer, engineer, whatever, so much as whatever field that you get into, they want you to be successful in it. And at the end of the day, that's what every parent wants is they want their child to be successful.
0: Correct.
3: And I, and I think that like, um, you know, there's a, there's a lot to be said for, um, you know, um, modeling behavior, you know, um, uh, I actually, couple weeks ago i asked my dad you know when did i start cooking you know because uh he was like i'm tired make some food and so like i was cooking i was like dad when did i start cooking he was like oh man he's like you're miserable like when we had the restaurant you were like four years old i used to like plop you down in the kitchen and have you knead bread and stuff like that and everybody used to yell at you all the time you know he's like he's like we'd tell you to sweep up because you would pour flour all over the floor and you'd do that too he was like you always try to like mess with the tendur and things like that. So I thought it was really funny when I was, like, I'm, like, chopping up onions and thinking about it. How, like, my dad took this, like, kid who was pretty much unsupervised at four years old in an industrial kitchen, and, like, he was absorbing passively, I guess, how all that stuff works. And um, you see that a lot. Like, uh, social and behavioral modeling is really important in kids. They mimic what they see. So, you know, if you see your mom or your dad... Or your older brother or something doing chores, you're gonna emulate that. You're gonna do that. Like when you see little babies running around at the mosque, once they're like three years old, they start mimicking prayer. Even so, it all depends. Like maybe, maybe the people you've been hanging around also aren't like mimicking their parents.
1: Okay. I mean, you're gonna teach your kid to be doing the chores, right? So yeah. Like if, if you if you people come over your kids are going to be following the same
2: rules and also you're coming from a perspective where you're observing the family at like you're observing like one or two percent of their average daily life you know what I mean yeah. like you don't know what it's like when you're not there you know so yeah. they could be upstanding model children but you know when you know company is over it's just time to have fun and enjoy themselves you know people families have different approaches to, to it yeah that's it's whole- also culture cultural as well Mm -hmm. You know, some people are taught to like, you know, you have to pour out the tea for your guest and, you know, all of that. And some some families are like, nah go play with the other children or whatever. Y'all do your own thing. Let let the adults handle everything else. Depends on, you know, the the, um, family values, the culture of the family and all of that. So,
0: yeah, the point of me bringing that up was not to uh, cast a generalized or judgment upon any of those situations that I brought up. It was just an observation that i thought we could talk about yeah so no judgment just Mm -hmm. a conversational piece
2: yeah yeah but i would be interested to see how uh gaming does affect how people uh behave with each other in face-to-face interaction i just
1: found a thing just by the way um it's a maladaptive cognitions predict changes in problematic gaming in highly engaged adults it's a 12-month longitudinal study i will put it up on the website because it's a lot of scientific jargon, but it talks about internet gaming disorder and uh, it's researched over 12 months.
2: You know, I bet they have a lot of uh, it was um, published literature of that in Korea. October 25th. No, so. for sure. Yeah, the I'd Koreans hope so. are probably yeah. all on that. Um, but what's to say that they don't come out with like a telepresence application that trains people how to read body language, how to interact with people, like what is appropriate to say? I mean, you can easily come up with a program for that. I mean, we have the technology today.
1: Speaking um, of which, I was thinking about um, what is it? Augmented reality, right? Yeah, That's yeah. what like Pokemon is basically. Yeah, yeah. I, I was looking at a video and it was uh, showing augmented reality for uh, med school kids yep. where the surgeons actually have like, I guess, Google or... I, Google don't know cardboard. What. I, I don't know what it was. But they were looking inside the body cavity and everything was like lined up. And I was like, holy shit.
2: Oh yeah, it was probably, it was probably like HoloLens. Yeah, Might it was stuff, the coolest thing I've ever yeah. seen. So like beyond gaming, I mean, VR is going to have far more applications sure. and it's going to be far more it's going to be used far more than just gaming you know what I mean we're already using it in military yeah. and uh, we're so using it to that. train surgeons uh, online shopping uh, sports you know you can be on the field with the players I mean there's so many applications to, to it um, and that's not to say that like, that's where all of gaming is going to go I mean you know but probably new ways of jerking it
1: <laughs> but next week, we'll talk about something fun. I don't know what, but we'll figure it out.
3: I thought we were gonna talk about food, man. <laughs>
1: exactly, fun,
0: fun. By the way, Anthony Bourdain recently went to Japan, and it was like a. It was on it's CNN, and I, No, but I, it they it was like some pro like he they were advertising for it, and so I really wanted to watch that episode because I'm obsessed with Japan. Wow. yeah
3: man yeah. Japan's on the bucket list to go to yeah. for sure easily yeah.
2: I think alright thank you for listening bye bye catch us next time
3: if you
0: would like to educate us challenge us provide feedback write to us at our email abvi.us.podcast at gmail.com
2: or tweet us at obviouspodcast thanks